Hi, my name is Rita Trotter, founder of The Health and Fitness Coach. Welcome to the Health Collective Podcast, where we talk everything body, business, balance and being for busy women looking to take control of their health, weight and body for good. Enjoy today's episode. Hello. Hi, everybody. Let's just get rid of the notifications in front of me. Welcome to this episode of the Health Collective podcast. And today we are talking about nutrition and specifically an acronym that I like to use, which is woman. And we've all heard the phrase that every man needs a good woman, right? And by the way, totally believe that to be true. But it's also true that every woman needs a good woman. And what do I mean by that? Yes, we need great mothers, daughters, sisters in our lives, but we also need food. And food, when it's used in this form, and I'm going to talk you through what the WOMAN acronym stands for, can really help us accelerate weight loss, accelerate health, be energized. It can really help with pretty much every aspect of our life. So we're going to get right down into what does women stand for and what do each of those parts mean? How can we use them and what sort of beneficial effects it's going to have? So if we look at W, W stands for water. Water is one of the absolute key fundamentals of life. We all need water for life. Every creature on the planet needs water for life. You do not need me to tell you that water is beneficial for your health. But why is it so beneficial for your health and how much should you be drinking? Well, often what happens is that people think that they're hungry a lot of the time. And most of the time, 90% of the population is actually just dehydrated. So when you get that feeling of, oh, I feel like I need a bit of food right now, our body actually gives the signal that it needs water and that it needs food in the same way. So that signal that you associate with hunger is actually the exact same signal that your body produces when it's thirsty. 99% of the time, people go immediately to food without giving it any thought that maybe I'm just dehydrated. And when we're just 2% dehydrated, our cognitive function is limited by as much as 30%. Our ability to function at sort of 100% capacity decreases significantly. Our ability to lose weight decreases significantly. So staying hydrated, drinking water is absolutely key. And another reason is the effect that it has on our bloodstream. So our blood, imagine your blood like glue sticky tarry glue the red blood cells sticking together they're not moving what do you think that would do if our blood was like glue how would it function how would it flow would it flow swiftly would it flow with ease or would it be slow clogging sticky probably the latter right and a lot of the time it's because our entire system including our bloodstream is dehydrated and why we need our blood to be hydrated well I'm going to come on to that when we get to the letter a and why it's so important 
for our blood to be properly hydrated because when it's hydrated, it moves with ease, it moves fluidly, it transfers oxygen around the body. Our entire system just works better as well as another lesser known benefit. So keeping up the water content for every aspect of health is important, but how much should you drink? Well, am I going to sit here and say there isn't one size fits all? Absolutely not. What would be a really good sort of way to think about it is, okay, if I'm a man, two litres is probably a good amount. If I'm a woman, one and a half. And that's it. That's that you could go complicated. You could say, well, I am five foot two. I weigh this weight. Um, this is my lifestyle. Yes, there are many, many different factors that we want to look at. But the keys are to say, am I drinking as a woman a litre and a half a day? And that's just a normal day. If you're working out, you should be adding at least 500 mil to your day per workout. So if you're an, a woman who is doing an hour of exercise, then you want to be adding another 500 mil, which makes two liters a day. When's the best time to drink? There's no best time, but times that are helpful. First thing in the morning, wake up. The first thing you should do is drink a glass of water because overnight your body's become dying dehydrated it's not functioning efficiently and actually what we then tend to do is we go and eat a very high sugar high carb breakfast contained in some sort of box with the word cheerios on the side of it other cereals are available and we then essentially start to go into a roller coaster of blood sugar effects i'm not going to go into that now that's a tale for a different day but when we start the day with a glass of water we stave off the hunger pangs of just grabbing a quick piece of toast and peanut butter or a quick bowl of cereal and actually think about what we're eating a little bit more it essentially allows our body to release body fat throughout the day in a more effective way because when our body is dehydrated it doesn't release body fat anywhere near as efficiently and it also gives you a, a clearer start so every single one of my clients I tell them start your day with a glass of water and every single one of them has never gone back the effects it has on them mentally and physically are so huge that none of them would ever revert again so W, water. At least as a woman, a litre and a half a day, if you're exercising, add another 500 mil to that. Make sure you start your day with a glass of water and other times that are good to drink right before a meal. Have a glass of water right before a meal. Why? Because first of all, you almost cleanse your system slightly, which allows your digestive system to absorb nutrition in a far better way. But secondly, it staves off hunger. If you're hungry before you eat, try some water. That's all I'm asking you to do. If you're hungry before you eat, try a glass of water. If you're still hungry again, cool, go and get some food. But have water before you eat each time. It will allow your body to absorb nutrition better and it will stop you eating quite so much because you'll have depleted the hunger pangs, which weren't hunger pangs, they were dehydration pangs. Second, oh, oxygen, really important. Now, I'm not saying that none of you breathe. I'm guessing if you're watching this, you've mastered the art of breathing quite well. But breathing, oh, there's a whole range of breathing. Right, I'm not going to go into techniques of breathing today. Again, that's one for a different day. But breathing deeply is so important. 
So when we breathe shallow, fast, which is what we tend to do when we're stressed, okay? When you're stressed, you don't open up and breathe deep. You tend to curl up, get tight. You breathe with this sort of shallow sort of effect, right? So one of the most important things to do is on a regular basis practicing sort of breathing deeply. Open up the lungs, open up the diaphragm, shoulders back, head high, and breathe deep. Even if it's just 10 breaths in the morning or 10 breaths before bedtime, make sure you start to practice breathing deeper and slower and making sure that that out breath is longer than the in because it allows you to control oxygen with greater ease. And when you can control the oxygen, you actually teach your body to use it more effectively. So, oh, the second thing is so important, breathing deep and slow. Take, what, two, three minutes tops a day to do 10 really deep breaths. And I always talk about it in a ratio, um, is sort of what I call a power breath. And very, very loose overview of that is it's a ratio of one to four to two. So when you breathe in, that's the one. You hold the breath for a count for four and you breathe out for two. Now, I don't, I don't mean seconds, one, four, two seconds. I mean a ratio. So maybe you breathe in for two seconds. The ratio would then be times four. So you would hold it for eight seconds. And then the third element, the breathing out, the ratio of two, you breathe out for what did I use to say for four <laughs> forgetting what my maths were so you breathe in for two seconds that's the ratio of one you'd hold it for eight seconds times that by four and then you breathe out for four seconds you time the first breath by two so the ratio is one four two and you can do it for any length you could do it for three seconds 12 seconds six seconds right there's a, there's no right or wrong but if you start to use that ratio, you're going to start to teach your body to use oxygen in a far more effective way. Third letter is M. Now, M kind of stands for a couple of things, mindset and minerals. So mindset is, well, I could talk about mindset for days. But in the terms of what we're talking about here, it's the belief that we have control over what we're doing. So, so many people come to me and say, especially this time of year, Christmas, oh, well, I don't have control over what's on the menu. I don't have control over what my friend decides to cook. I don't have control over what my mother-in-law decides to present me. Can I call BS on that? I think I can. I'm going to call, I feel like I need to get a buzzer, a BS buzzer. I'm going to do that. BS. No, you don't have control of what's on the menu. No, you don't have control over what they cook or provide, you do have absolute control over what you eat. No one forces anything in your mouth. It's your choice. If you choose to eat 10 mince pies just because they happen to be there, that's your choice. Now, there's an awful lot behind that. Mindset, like I said, I can talk about for days, and that's what I do with my clients. You know, all of these steps I'm giving you a very, very quick overview on. But I talk about this massively in depth on a very bespoke level with my clients. But we have to understand that in all of these given situations, you have control over everything you eat. And one of the biggest things that is really, really useful, especially this time of year, is setting yourself boundaries, non-negotiables, as we might say. So, for instance, I'll give you two of mine. If there's a buffet, 
right? If I go around a friend's house, family, and she's put on a buffet, one trip. So non-negotiable. I will only ever do one trip to the buffet. And that trip needs to remain within the base of the plate. So every plate has like a little lip. It's not going to go over the lip and it's not going to be piled three high. It remains within the base of the plate, one trip to the buffet. Another non-negotiable I have is that I will not drink more than two drinks if I go out, whether that's a restaurant, whether that's someone's house. They might be serving drinks from dawn till dusk. I will only have two. What they are? Ah, I'm a little bit. I'm less strict on myself than I used to be, but it will only be two. And that allows me to go to places. And regardless of how many glasses of booze I'm being fired with, no, I choose to have two. Regardless of how much the buffet is providing, no, I have one trip. And you can do this for all sorts of things. And I get my clients to come up with very specific non-negotiables for themselves, usually anywhere between sort of five and seven things that they create in advance that say, I have control. I have absolute control over what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to choose. And it's not happening to me, this buffet, this meal. It's not happening to me. It's happening for me. And if it's happening for me, I get to control it. I get to choose exactly what I feed and nourish my body with. So like I said, that is like the tiniest tip of the iceberg of mindset. But what I want you to really understand in the context of today is you have ultimate choice. Nothing is going to happen to you. Nothing is out of your control. And the sooner you start to accept that, the sooner you will start to be able to take charge of the changes you want to make. And the other M is minerals. Really important to look at your mineral intake. Now, minerals, again, I could speak for days, but there are different levels of nutrition. There's macronutrition, which looks at overview, so protein, carbohydrates, fats. You've probably all heard of those. And most of you have probably heard of vitamins as well. But nutrition, when it comes to micronutrition, is broken down into vitamins, minerals, and various other different components. We're not going to go into, you know, sodium and various things, but minerals often get forgotten about. So everyone's, at this time of year, up on the vitamin C because apparently everyone seems to think this stops colds. It doesn't, by the way. But everyone overdoses on vitamins. They often forget about the minerals. And it's so key, especially as women, that we have a really good intake of different minerals, especially if you are genetically prone to something. So let's say you are genetically prone to an iron deficiency. Yeah, it's really key to then say, okay, if I have this genetic disposition, by the way, that doesn't mean anything. It just means let's get ahead of that before it becomes an issue. Again, you have complete control. Rather than saying it's I just need to eat more iron or take an iron supplement, look at how you're surrounding that mineral in your diet. So as an example, iron requires, and we mentioned it before, vitamin C to be absorbed. Your body cannot absorb iron without vitamin C. So if you are deficient in vitamin C, then you could eat liver every day of your life. You're not going to absorb it. It's a waste. Equally, iron cannot be absorbed if it's done in correlation with high levels of tannin. So often people will take supplements with a cup of tea. Now, a number of people I come across say, yeah, I take my multivit with a cup of tea. 
that multivit contains iron, guess what you're doing? You are peeing it out because that tea has such high levels of tannin, it stops your body absorbing the iron. So look at your body, look at your family history, say, right, is there anything that I specifically need to focus on? And am I not only eating the right minerals to help, but am I doing it in the right environment? Like we just spoke about with the iron example. You could have an iron supplement, but if you're not having vitamin C and you are having it with tea, you've completely wasted your money. So make sure that you look at the right minerals for you specifically. And if, like I say, again, with clients, I go into this in a much more depth and look at it completely bespoke with them. But if you want any help, just message me and, you know, we can always just have a chat, uh, you know, if you've got any questions on that. The next step, A. There's only two more steps, I promise. A is my favorite step. It's alkalize. Now, again, you've probably heard people discuss acid and alkaline, and you've probably heard the phrase pH level to some degree. Your body needs to maintain a pH level of pretty much 7.36. I'm pretty sure it's 7.4. Oh, the rain's really coming down now. 7.36, give or take the 0.06 please correct me someone go and google it 7.36 now most of the things that we have especially over this time of year are highly acidic processed food any type of processed food i even bread is acidic protein although it's absolutely essential for weight loss and again Take everything I'm saying with an understanding that there are huge amounts of levels behind this that, you know, that we educate people on. But as an overview, protein is pure acid. Anything processed is pure acid. Anything that is carbohydrate focused is acid. So this time of year specifically, and by the way, the weight that people put on over the four weeks over Christmas and New Year's, the weight takes people on average in the UK nine months to lose. The weight that people put on over this month takes on average nine months to lose. Think about that. Do you want to be that person? So if everything we have is acid, what happens is the acid builds and builds and builds in the body. And our body can only take so much because it needs to keep us at this neutral 7.36. Now, that acid, if you're still piling it, and by the way, alcohol, pure acid. So you're piling and piling, piling the acid. At some point, your body can't synthesize it. It can't process it out fast enough. So what happens at that point is your body has to store the excess acid. Where does it store it? It stores it in body fat. It's almost like, imagine the acid like a grenade and your body fat is a, a, a cotton wool around the grenade. It stores the acid in your body fat. Now, over this time of year, your acid just remains ridiculously high. So there's more and more acid being put into body fat around the system. You then can't lose that body fat. Why? Because if you did, it would release the acid. And if it released the acid, your pH level would shoot up and your body wouldn't function. You would die. It's a survival instinct. So if you've got a highly acidic environment in your body, you, you cannot lose weight effectively. It's impossible because it's a survival instinct. So people who are actually highly overweight tend to be in some ways healthier just in this one way 
that they can deal with the excess acid more. If someone's got no body fat, the acid can't go anywhere and their body tends to go into slight shutdown mode. So it's really important to alkalize the body. And there's really only one food group that alkalizes the body. Greens. And when I say greens, I mean leafy greens full of chlor- chlorophyll. I always say chloroform, not chloroform. Don't go near someone with chloroform. <laughs> chlorophyll. Chlorophyll from the sun, then, well, the sunlight is um, synthesized in the leaf in the chlorophyll itself, and plants use that for energy. But anything that's got chlorophyll is going to be your best way to alkalize your body. So whether that's adding spinach and kale to every meal, whether it's adding green juice, so that's my preferred way of doing it. I have green juice every day and I encourage all of my clients to. You can buy it. You can make it yourself. Again, if you need help with that, just send me a message. But adding in green veg as much as possible is the only thing that's really going to balance out that acidic nature. Now, another thing is to look at the amount of sugar that you're eating because a highly sugared environment also increases acidity levels. And when we have a highly sugared environment in terms of in our system, we actually encourage the growth of bacteria. So yeast, candida, these kind of things. What happens is the yeast and candida then essentially get stuck in your very sticky blood. Remember I said we'd come back to keeping it hydrated. So if we're dehydrated, we're eating lots of acid, we're eating lots of sugar. And when I say sugar, I mean carbohydrates as well. Carbohydrates in the body get broken down into glucose, into sugar. So any carb that you have, think of it as sugar, gets broken down in the body. And then all of this yeast is stuck in your sticky, dehydrated blood. And the yeast is basically consuming the sugar. So you have one piece of chocolate, the yeast eats all the chocolate, and your body goes, I didn't get any. It's all been taken by the bacteria that are proliferating on a you know they're multiplying by the millions in your bloodstream i still want more sugar have you ever had that you have a piece of something and you're like i want more why do i want more it's because you didn't actually get it bacteria in your system did so you eat more and more and more the more sugar you eat the higher the acid gets in your body the higher the acid gets the more that goes into your body fat and now we're in a state of can't lose weight can't shed body fat proliferating yeast, need more sugar to feed them. Our energy is low, so we need more sugar to keep our energy high. And this cycle just continues. So please start to try and alkalize with green juice or green leafy vegetables. Again, if you need any help, let me know. But it's things like wheatgrass, spinach, kale, dill, basil, things like this. And then the last step is M, nutrition. Yeah, so that's the last step in women. And when I say nutrition, it's about getting it in a really nice balanced way. So I'm going to take you through the very quick way that I get my clients to start to think about a portion size. So if we're talking about portion size and having the right balance of nutrition, and again, I caveat this with there's a lot of layers behind this, is that we want a palm of protein. So your hand is in proportion to you, mine's in proportion to me. So we want a palm of lean protein. So that could be chicken, turkey, white fish, shellfish, anything like that. So lean protein. We want a cup, oh, where's my hand? There it is. A cup of carbs. So that could be for me, about half a piece of bread, it's not even a whole piece of bread. Half a piece of bread, 
cup of rice, cup can of pasta, maybe for me, three new potatoes. That's about it. So a cup of carbs is a portion for you. Any more is excess. Two fists of veg. And like we said, let's try and get one of them to be greens and then another one, whatever that might be. Two fists of veg and a thumb of fat. And when I say fat, it could be cooking oil. It could be butter. It could be fat in the food. So maybe you've got nuts, highly fat. Maybe you have steak. It's got a lot of fat. So if you follow that guide, palm of protein, cup of carbs, two fists of veg and a thumb of fat, you're going to be getting the right nutritional balance on a macro level. We're not talking about individual micronutrients on a macro level for you. And they're the right portion size to actually help you to start to, you know, take control of your health. So everyone needs a good woman in their life. Water, oxygen. What comes next? Can't spell M. Mindset and minerals, alkalis and nutrition. So I'm hoping that some of that has helped, given you some ideas. But, you know, if you need anything more, if you need any further info, like I say, shoot me a message. I'm more than happy to help. And remember what I said, this time of year, four weeks takes most people on average in this country nine months to shed that weight. If you want help making sure that isn't you, I'm offering, you know, at the moment, December for free. So sign up on a program and you get four weeks free over December um, to sort of help you kickstart. Don't wait for that January rush where everyone decides they want to do something, but it's already too late. They've already put on all the weight over Christmas. Don't be that person. Anyway, hope that's been helpful. Shoot me a message if you need any more. And yeah, I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. All right. See you later. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you need any more information, help or advice, or would like to book in a free discovery call to discuss your health, weight and body shape goals and the best way to get you there, head to www.thehealthandfitnesscoach.com for more information and links to our social media or message us at plus four four seven seven six nine six nine zero six seven nine or email us at Rita R-I-T-A at thehealthandfitnesscoach.co.uk. Thank you for listening and I can't wait to see you on the next episode. In the meantime, live, love and learn.